0: like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun.
1: Open wide for some soccer! I don't care what you think about what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Call this college rule! Welcome back, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. Uh, Dom and Chris here. And uh, before we begin, as always, make sure you like, subscribe, do all the social stuff for us. Uh, Instagram, YouTube, everything. So please... For the quality content that we keep producing, here at Engel Studio in downtown Tucson for all your audio needs, give us a follow, like, and subscribe. That's do right. Do the right thing, everybody. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. And uh, today, we're going to talk about a future Hall of Famer on the diamond who just ended his career. Without a doubt. We're talking about Michael Cabrera, Miguel Michael-
0: Cabrera. <laughs> I knew I was going to do that.
1: The American no. <laughs> The.
0: I'll say this. If he wasn't the best hitter on in the season, he was the silver slugger. Yeah, you know what I mean? What I, I mean. for like for like a decade Miguel was literally if he wasn't the best, he was the second best. And you were just like, "Oh yeah, I I kind of forgot how great he was
1: for a decade." You almost compare him, he's like the American League Albert Pujols. Yes. When he was somebody St. said Lewis. that. Yes. That was what I always I mean, he was somebody said that in an article and top I was like, "Player." And I never put that together, but that really is, yeah. And they were righties hitting for high average, which was always like a rare, the, the, yeah. You know, not not too many do that. Um, and they did it, yeah. And they <laughs> did, did at it the basically, same time. basically together. Yes. Essentially, they started their careers at very similar times. Um, Miguel, born uh, April 18th, 1983 in Marrake, Aragua, Ciate, Venezuela. Nice. Uh, his, yeah, look at that. Uh, dad, Miguel. Uh, mom, uh Goria. His mom, though, was the baseball or the softball player. Essentially, yeah, Um, she was a on the state and national teams for Venezuela. Uh, Would even needle Miguel by telling him she could hit better than him. Uh, raised him and his sister Ruth and uh, when basically she became a mother she said well either I
0: play or he does well so. it's interesting because uh, obviously because of the the time if you will but a lot of the, the influence comes from the these guys fathers from playing it but Wait, when really, we did the
1: Alomars exactly yeah. yeah
0: Miguel's literally came from his mother who played softball and could out hit him He's so a catcher in third baseman that's got to mean... be embarrassing when you're 13 and your mom's cranking home runs <laughs> I want to do that.
1: I want to do what my mom does—the laundry. Nah, hit dingers. Oh, no, hit dingers. Um, Glor- uh, Gregoria's brother David actually ran a baseball training program. Uh, Miguel, growing up, played both baseball and volleyball.
0: Yeah, I did see that. Which that is he played with his cool. uncles, but he he excelled in volleyball, but he just didn't have the height. <laughs> no,
1: not enough. Um, he was actually going to train with David. Before uh, signing his big league deal, because as we have probably talked in the podcast, when you're 16, you can sign a major league contract um, if you're overseas. But David ended up dying and uh, uh, Miguel has to play with a local team in Cagua and still go to school. And the deal was with his parents, you know, you have to go to school and graduate high school and uh, to make the money to send him on the traveling and national teams. Uh, His mom sold handcrafts and organized raffles, and his dad fixed cars, Mm -hmm. which uh, they did basically everything they could to let him live his dream, which is pretty incredible. Well, and
0: play these kind of like little international tourneys that I think a lot of the South American players kind of play, where it's, it's very like... You have to pay some sort of thing to kind of travel around and play when in these like so. Major bigger, league teams can see you exactly. These bigger like literally, so they can get scouted out. And luckily for them, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like they looked at Miguel and they were just like, "Yes." The Marlins ended up signing him to what we see. To a lot of these contracts that literally go through their entire farm system. Exactly. So you see him like show up at 17 and. Instead of going to high school and in, in college, yeah. or at least finish high school, whatever you want to say, he literally is just like, no, I'm just playing baseball. No, this is my
1: job. So yep. in ninety nine, 1999, he signed at age 16 by the Marlins, uh, right after they've dismantled that World Series winning team. Yep. So they're starting from scratch. They just drafted Josh Beckett. They're starting to kind of acquire talent. Um, he absolutely starts tearing up minor league pitching. The, like the second he gets there, I was gonna say, there's
0: not really a downswing in his minor league. He just goes through from one, like it's like one yep. season to the next, to the next, and you're just like, all right, it's like a Robbie Alomar episode. Yeah, it's just like,
1: I don't know, I'm here to do exactly what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, by 2003, he's tearing up double A, hitting 365, and he's a 6'4, 200 pound corner infielder and corner outfielder. He's in that Carolina league. And he's point. in that Carolina league, and you know what? We he's all not what hitting happens. ground balls. We all know what happens in that Carolina league. Well, there, he so. met a woman there. That's right. He Older woman. woman. Older woman. Uh, we got to
0: get you a nickname, honey. <laughs>
1: God. And, uh, oh, so he ends up being called up um, uh, after uh, basically just. T-
0: Domin- yeah, dominating throughout every minor league system you know what i mean which that's when you look at a guy getting called up at 20 years old and you're just like this makes sense so june 20th 2003 he makes his debut and then what does he do on his debut game winning home run but hit a walk off off and hits two in the game and you're just like oh oh okay this guy's going to
1: be one of the best hitters he should be there yes um they have a new manager that season took over halfway through jack mckeon who ruined my childhood by trading all of my favorite Padres away for dishwashers for dish for washing machines? Yes, right. In uh, eighty-seven games, and this is a young Marlins team too. Yes, this is a very young and up-and-coming. You, know, you got Dontrelle Willis. Like your if your oldest guys, circa two thousand and three, are like Derek Lee and Mike Lowell, that's a young freaking team. Yep, and they managed to snag one of the wild card spots, and in his age twenty season. Hits 268, 12 dingers, and sixty two ribbies. He's twenty years old. Mm-hmm. He's twenty, and moves to the cleanup spot. Mm-hmm. So like
0: he starts obviously like later in the lineup, and then just
1: they they can't
0: deny his bat. You no, know?
1: like you can't take him out for someone else because he's twenty. It's like, well, no, he's raking. Yes, um, hits three RBIs in their uh, five game NLDS win over the Giants. Um, and then in the AL or in the NLCS, they play the Cubs, and my God, does he have a series mm. for Florida? Hits three thirty-three, three dingers, six RBIs, and in Game Seven, in the first inning, hits a three-run home run to basically suck all of the air out of Wrigley Field after the Bartman game. Yep, batting cleanup, batting cleanup. They make the World Series and they play. The Yankees. While he doesn't have a particularly great hitting series, he has arguably one of the most important hits of the series. You want to get into that? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's when you look
0: at like we we keep saying like him being twenty. Um, He's a hard twenty, though. The the what game was this? This is game four, and they're down two to one in the series. And and you think of like oh that's like a veteran. Making that kind of, you know what I mean? Where it's like the pressure is so ridiculous that when you look back at his career, you're like, oh yeah, he was 20 when this happened. Like, that's what I always think. Um, Was he, he was playing, he was uh,
1: up against, uh, fuck, I forget. First inning against Roger Clemens. Clemens. And And it's the first
0: time he ever faced him. A
1: particularly chemically enhanced Roger and Clemens at this point, too. Well, because he came into the league in June. So, like,
0: He's never gonna have faced them before. No, you know what I mean? And it's they're not interleaguing it and
1: it yeah. So yeah, Roger Clements. Comes in, not clucking like a chicken after a hypno. He's roided out. Let's be honest, it was happening. And he brushes him back in this mm-hmm. at bat. Throws him a and brush says something. Gives him some chin music. And yeah. says something. Yeah. Thinking he could intimidate a 20 year old Miguel Cabrera. And what does Miguel Cabrera do after said brushback pitch? Rips a hit. Rips a home run. Home run. Yeah, yeah. Does, does he get beamed? No. Huh? Oh, okay. It was just it was just some chin music. Okay. Um, but they ended up winning. But yeah, the game. Rips
0: was it a two? I think it was a two run. Yeah, shot. two
1: run dinger. Yeah, yeah. They ended up winning that game, and they ended up winning the next two, and they won the World Series. They won the World Series his rookie year. But if you think about the
0: the the Yankee lineup with having Roger Clemens and then him just. Like hitting that home run, and just like, oh, maybe that's like a huge momentum shift right here, and a twenty-year-old World Series champ. I bet
1: you Roger Clemens figured, I'm going to throw on high and tight, yeah, and and he will get off the plate, and and he will be just discombobulated, exactly. Or at least not as, yeah, not as confident to come in. I did want to add this year, he was the NL Rookie of the Month in July and September. Surprising, didn't win the Rookie of the Year though that year, which is kind of. He'll, I agree. He, he has other rewards. He will end up winning. I you know? agree, though that yeah. Um, from 2004 to 2007, this is when the Marlins are mediocre. They're not. They're basically kind of coasting off of. They're, granted, they're getting rid of guys like Lowell. They're getting rid of Lee because they can't pay him. But this is when you start to see Miguel Cabrera emerge as one of the best players in the National League, if not all of baseball, and
0: consistent that's yeah. something that you, you kind of see for when he ends up leaving the Marlins you're just like his consistency and in 2004 he has he almost bats 300 mm-hmm. 33 home runs which is such a staple in his career and he makes his first all-star game and you're just like oh yeah this guy's 21
1: and he's an all-star and That's... he finally by the end finds a permanent home at third base because he's been oh, playing left field he won the yeah. silver bat in left field in 2005 and then at third base in 2006 four straight seasons of 100 plus rbis and the only marlin to do that in that many consecutive seasons which it, is
0: like he got into a pretty nice altercation with scott Olson that year too, yes which, he did which is a it's such an interesting thing because every time i see these kind of fights i always think of major league <laughs> and and when when he's like sand and it's you know uh whoever he's like tra- saying he sandbagged him yep. you know what i mean uh-huh. like it's so good oh. because that's what i think of what scott Olson was saying to him and they obviously like get into like a scuffle in the in the dugout and shit. You but, yeah. ever take another play like you yeah. did today, I'm, I'm going to cut,
1: cut your, your nuts off, stuff them down your throat. <laughs> uh, it's so good. So, so over this this period, I didn't want to add. So these four combined seasons, he hits 319, mm-hmm. 758 hits in... You're averaging almost 200 a clip. That's ridiculous. Yep. And he's 24 by the end of this span? I mean... Unfortunately, now, because the contract he signed out of Venezuela, it is now expired mm-hmm. by 2007. Now the Marlins are in full. Let's just eliminate any sort of salary we have on this roster right now. Well,
0: they went to uh, arbitration, didn't they? Well, they went to
1: arbitration after two, uh, after uh, 2006.
0: After 2006, because he, he actually signed... I saw this because he, he actually signed a one-year deal that... It was, it was like renegotiated. It was yes, yeah. yes, because they were in such bad. He had his 500th RBI that year in 2007.
1: It's ridiculous. Um,
0: that's how ridiculously good he is. But on this is the thing that the Marlins knew they could not keep him. Um, so he ends up making a trade to the Detroit Tigers, and he signs a
1: huge deal 152.3 million dollars signs uh that deal on march 22nd 2008 so they needed to get something for him yes. um they ended up sending him and dentrell willis uh pitcher to the tigers um for a bunch of dudes i think a there's bun- like yeah, six like players a, yes uh andrew miller pretty much the only one i know maybe cameron Mabin, but nothing they're not getting commiserate no. value they're just salary dumping it yep um Tigers decided to move him to first base though in 2008 because this is when uh, Miggy starts. Uh, hey, his baseball skill is all there, but mm-hmm. he starts uh, packing on the lbs a little bit. And he's.
0: It's so hard to say because does that contribute for his power hitting? I think he's and, cultivating mass. Chris is and what take he's doing. Away- if you're cultivating it, then start harvesting it. Stop <laughs> cultivating it. But that's that's my question. Is is he is he sacrificing it f- defensive skill for
1: offensive skill? I mean, all I'm going to say I'm is in his first year in Detroit, he leads the AL in homers with 37. The yep. AL uh, player of the month in July and hits 293 with 127 RBIs. All I'm saying is a diet of rum ham where you eat, your calories and alcohol is okay. That's you? right. Um, 2009 starts getting shots for diabetes. Diabetes. So I di- Don't say diabetes. Don't. What, diabetes. 2009. You just have a garbage bag full oh, of burritos. Jimmy Changas. Jimmy Changas. Even. This is where I'm getting all my clothes. Tommy Bahama. There goes the Admiral. Oh boy. Okay. Um, there is 2009. Uh, hits 324. Um, has over 100 RBIs, 34 dingers, and they're in the AL Central lead for most of the season. Yep. For most of the season. Uh, unfortunately, the Twins end up coming back. And, you know, before a very pivotal game, a uh, playoff play-in game on October 3rd, 2009, he has an altercation, drunk altercation with his wife. And oh, GM yeah. Dave Drumbau- Dombrowski comes to bail him out of jail. Mm-hmm. No charges. Plays in the game the next day, has a dinger early in the game, but it's thrown out at home, and they lose an extra innings in their and their playoffs. That was the back when Boys could be boys. Boys you know could be I'm boys. Saying. Ninos could be ninos. Good uh, job, Miguel.
0: <laughs> well, and then we get into his best stretch where well, he goes to rehab before 2010. I was just days. gonna say, I'm wondering if because he he kind of had some alcohol issues, if you will. Um, I wonder if this kind of makes it to where he really focuses in because 2006 or 2011, he has his first batting title, and in September in that year, he he ends up hitting 429, yeah, six home runs. He ends he ends the season with 317 and a slugging of 555, where it, he is such a great hitter. In this era, that it's hard to even like deny. It. This is what I mean. He was one or two for this for like five to six years.
1: But he's not even a singles hitter for average. He no. hits for power. Yes, he draws walks. His slugging percentage is unbelievable. It yes, is OPS. And in 2010, what I uh, I forgot to mention, he led the AL in RBIs. Oh yeah, he's an RBI like. Machine. 100 Yes,
0: 100, at least a 100 every single year. I think it's for like 11 years. It's crazy and he in this era really is like you were saying, like the the cleanup hitter that you want because he literally just hits for power, but he also is just a great hitter
1: And he's doing this well you know, maybe getting into some shenanigans because like we said before 2011, on February 16th, he's arrested in spring training. Uh, he was with his family at a steakhouse in Force Pierce, Florida. Uh, they, what ends up happening is the cops find him with his next to his broken down car while he's drinking a whiskey bottle pulled over on the side of the road. Uh, he threatened the manager and customers at a steakhouse. Um, he, The police were called on him for driving aggressively and forcing vehicles off the road. But you know what? It doesn't matter when you slug 555 and take your team to the postseason. That's right. That's what I like to hear. Uh, even though they lost to the Rangers in six that year, uh, still hit over four hundred in that series.
0: That's, yeah, he was, and he was a great playoff player. Even though
1: you know only one World Series, uh, twenty twelve makes his third All Star uh, game in a row. He does. He fractures his orbital bone at third base on a grounder that kind of misplayed, and you know, Chris, maybe you don't need your eyes to hit a baseball. He didn't. He didn't in twenty twelve. This might be. This could go down as the best offensive season overall in this century, Mm -hmm. this 2012 season. Without hyperbole, I mean, get into it, Chris. It's amazing. Like
0: like you said, he he might be the last Triple Crown winner ever um, just because of the way baseball is now. He hit 330 with 44 home runs, with 131 RBIs and his slugging was over 600. Yeah. Just just to it, it's such a ridiculous feat where he was so it, he he was the he wasn't tied in any category with anybody. He literally was like the outright winner of of this triple crown and the Tigers Not just talking about Miguel. The Tigers are really good this year.
1: Did want to bring a couple interesting facts, though. Give it to me. Number one, he's the only player to lead his league in batting average, homers, and RBIs in separate seasons before winning the Triple Crown. Yeah. Number two, he is the first non-U.S.-born player since 1887 to do this. Tip O'Neill. So before everything happened in baseball, essentially. But, like, go uh, as far as you said about then, the Tigers, they were a juggernaut this
0: year. They He was, he was the first infielder since, like, forever to get it. There probably was, Ducky Medwick was, was the last yeah, in was infielder. Yeah, there were so many it. of those that listed out. We were just like, oh, he was the first this. To, yeah. Know, just like, okay. First, like, back to back batting champ since Frank Thomas. But, and we all know Frank cranked those triples. So, uh,
1: uh, M- Miguel was a triple hitter, not at this stage of his career, <laughs> not at this time.
0: He's cultivating mass, Chris. Um, But everybody thought them going into the World Series, they really had a a great shot.
1: I thought they were going to beat the Brakes off San Francisco. I really thought they'd annihilate it.
0: And they got annihilated.
1: Um, Good pitching beats good because this is when... Swept in four. Lincecum was really good. Zito had come back and had kind of a renaissance postseason. And Matt Cain was one of the most underrated starters for that window of time in his prime where he was just a stud. So... yeah,
0: the and this is the best Tigers' uh, chance at, at this. Uh, they get swept by the Giants um, so that year. He he's MVP. He's triple crown,
1: World Series loser, which is such a stupid thing to say. I don't know but- if you remember, but when people were this is freaking nerds, they were saying after a triple crown season, he did not deserve the MVP because of Mike Trout and his ever-popular war stats. Yeah, I hate that. Triple crown! I know. Do you know how often that fucking happens? It's insane. Carl Yastrzemski, and that was like 50 years before that. Jesus Christ. Anyway, sorry. But I, I do remember that, and it really made me mad. I'm like, it's a goddamn triple crown! I know. <sighs> All right, so 2013... Uh, didn't want to bring up... He has 100 RBIs this year, 100-plus RBIs. His 10th season in a row with over 100 ribbies. Uh, oh, he's MVP again in 13. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. And,
0: it's, and they said before the all-star break might be one of the best offensive outputs that we've seen where he, he was batting 365 30 home runs. This is before the all-star break. He had 95 RBIs. So it was, he got a little bit injured towards the second half of the season where he missed some games and people were saying like that output for the whole season would have been insane.
1: Oh yeah. No, I mean, and this is the year he sets his career high in batting average with yep. 348. So yep. I mean, they go to the playoffs. They beat the A's in five, and then they play that series in Boston in the LCS, the the famous one with the Ortiz dinger. Yep, because Detroit had them on the ropes too in that series. Yeah, I was really they really did. Surprised that they weren't able to pull that out.
0: Well, Boston had that American spirit behind. Them. They did. That, that was am- the problem with Detroit. Detroit they turned spirit. their back
1: on America. You know, Detroit got in that pressure cooker, if you know what I mean. <laughs> anyway, twenty fourteen contract extension, the biggest one um, Ooh, in baby. baseball.
0: Unbelievably well deserved. You can't deny it. Eight mil, or eight years, eight, million, eight years at 248 million, but the actual total, because it was an extension, I think, was like
1: plus 250. It was 290 with the extension.
0: 290, yeah, yeah. Which that'll buy you a lot of steakhouses to oh threaten my God. people in. I'll buy a steakhouse just to go in to threaten people. Yeah,
1: just to yell at people. That's right. Hey, peanuts on the ground. <laughs> We're allergic sir. Uh, all star again uh 52 doubles this season i want to dude is just an extra base hit machine it's yep. not like he's Kyle Schwarber hitting 188 with 40 dingers i yep. mean this 100 is... 100 RBIs i don't know if you
0: saw that he does it every single year he hit his two his 2000th hit um yeah just as an offensive output you
1: just cannot deny it mm-hmm. uh 2015 wins the batting title again which there aren't a hell of a lot of right-handed hitters with this many batting titles. Uh,
0: fourth AL batting title, yeah. so like and sixth uh, silver slugger. So that's the thing that I was saying. It was just like he was the best and second best hitter in baseball for this whole time.
1: And he led the AL on base percentage. Yep, which you know you you can't deny. But by twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Injuries are starting to kind of pile up for him. The, he's still, he could still rake, but he's not in the best of shape. Yep. You, you see him. He has, like,
0: back problems. I think he had two herniated discs. Torn biceps. Torn biceps. And it's. this is what I mean, where his, his body kind of starts to break down. Um, they move him to designated hitter, I think, in 2019 or so. Mm-hmm. But that's when you start to see, like, him still being able to hit at a consistent level in this era from like 17, 18, 19, because his body is really it, like he has a lot of injuries, but he's still putting out like good numbers. He's
1: still hitting two eighty in his late thirties with exactly. all of these injuries, like exactly. piling up Um, in 2020 is the COVID year. So uh, shortened season, shortened season. Uh, he does get to 2000 hits as a tiger though. I this thought season, that was which cool too. Really great. Yeah. Which is really great. Um, uh, 2021 though, uh, he, uh, ends up reaching a couple of magical milestones this year, which you don't see, you see guys reach maybe one, one year, and then maybe one another, but 2021
0: was huge. Yeah. Hit 500, his fifth, hit his fifth 500th home run. I am just fucking (laughs) off of it right now. Um, and in the same time he hits his 3000th hit, which I think the 3000th hit is the like the thing that is so crazy to me, because I, I I don't know if it's because the home run numbers got get in, got inflated for a certain time, yeah. but just that three thousand hit is so wild.
1: It's it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. Um, he was the uh, basically you're in Hank Aaron territory. Exactly. Yeah. I mean to be consistently that good for that long, and it's not that you're you're not just hitting for power. You're hitting for average. You're winning batting titles. Well, to have them both, too. Yeah.
0: That's the other thing that's that's such a proving fact that he was just one of the best offensive players, without a doubt, in his era. Yeah, because
1: uh, uh, 2021, he gets his 500th homer, and then 2022, he gets his 3,000th hit. So just, like, really early in the season. Yep. So uh, April 23rd gets it off of the Rockies. Um, he's the 33rd member of the 3,000-hit club, um, five hundred home run club. I mean, it's unbelievable. Without a doubt, going to
0: make the Hall of Fame in his first ballot. You know yeah. what I mean? There's like there uh, there's stuff like that where he was such a great player. The only thing, and I bet he wishes this too, is he wish he probably had a World Series with the Tigers. That yeah. one because you people guys say this. They're just like we had one shot, and that one shot where they got swept by the Giants. Where you're just like we
1: just weren't there for it. It, it was it was just. The entire postseason, San Francisco shut everyone down. They the had kitchen. the best pitching. Yeah, I mean, their pitching wins World Series. That's which exactly what it did. It's what our fathers have told us for years. It's what old white men still that's say, right. but it actually rings true. Oddly enough, for I ba- know it's it like actually, la- it's like the last old white baseball man like thing. You're like, yep. they're right. Yeah, like I God mean, damn it! If you can't you can't win if you can't score. Nope. But seriously, sir, um, finishing his career with those types of milestones is. Absolutely unbelievable, though. Uh, as far as Miguel Cabrera, he just retired after this season yeah. with Detroit. Kind of did his farewell tour uh, around all the major league stadiums to celebrate a Hall of Fame career, which d- just so unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So un- the the amount ima- the batting titles is what gets me with how many 500 home run club guys have. That many batting titles by themselves. I don't think any do. I was going to say
0: the you might see him get one, but he literally had four ALs, and you're just like, oh yeah, he was the best hitter, not the best power hitter, the best hitter. You know, that's and, he, it's and such in a couple
1: a, of seasons he led the AL in home runs. I know, like, so he
0: was the best power hitter at that time too, and that's why I I think for me. Packing on those LBs was exactly what he needed. He
1: cultivated mass to get into that 500 home run club That's and that right. 600 double club, Mr. Miguel Cabrera. And Oh, yeah, 600 doubles, too. I forgot that. That was, uh, I God, would say. So good. I mean, without a doubt, you know, we, we've shit on the Hall of Fame voters before for baseball on this podcast. But six years from now, uh, yeah. Yeah. He'll be in Cooperstown first ballot. I mean, there's no debate unless, you know, it comes out that he was doing nefarious and never had the body of someone that looked like they did performance-enhancing drugs. That was the other thing. When you have a garbage bag of chimichangas, you know, that's how you cultivate the mass to win a triple crown. When it looks like I'm stepping up to the plate,
0: you know that's what's right. Miguel Cabrera... One of the best baseball players of his era. Thanks, Miggy.